Hey everyone, welcome to the Access Podcast. We are definitely missing you as we're on our little break here uh, during the holiday season, but we're going to be going through a series, a four-week series uh, entitled Glass Ceiling, Taking the Limits Off of God, and kind of how we're going to set this up is I'm going to give about a 15-minute monologue or a 15-minute teaching, and then we have different guests every week who are going to be coming in, and we're going to have a conversation, about a 20 to 25-minute conversation about the topic, and today we have some amazing guests. We have Lauren, Abby, and Alec. What's up, y'all? Hello. Hi. We're going to have some fun today. <laughs> and so uh, today we're going to be talking about the faithfulness of God. And I'm excited uh, to bring this word and excited to have the conversation with you guys. Awesome. Let's do it. Yeah, so we're just going to jump right into this. Our kind of our main text is going to be found in Philippians. This entire series is going to be pulling from Philippians and taking a theme that we see in this book and really fleshing it out and seeing how it can apply to our lives. And so our first, our kind of our core verse for today is going to be in Philippians chapter one, verse six. And it says this, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And so we're in the, we're in a series that's entitled Glass Ceiling, Taking the Limits Off of God. And maybe you've heard the term uh, glass ceiling before. It's a, uh, it's a term often used in the corporate world to describe an unspoken limitation placed on a minority group. For example, uh, you might say in a certain company or, or corporation that a woman could never be CEO. Or maybe in a different uh, company or business, a Hispanic man could never be the manager. It's kind of an unspoken, unofficial limitation that's in an environment. And so what I want to kind of digest and really talk about and, and bring about is how we as individuals have glass ceilings over our lives in that there are unofficial and unspoken limitations that almost in a sense we have placed on ourselves because of a, a unbiblical perspective or maybe a worldly perspective that we've taken up, or maybe just a lack of focus and a lack of um, perspective that that is available to us that we really just want to shatter these glass ceilings. We want to shatter the limitations that we place on our lives, especially during this time uh, right now. And so when we're talking about these limitations, um, have you ever had an, you've heard a time in your life, speaking to Abby, Alec, and Lauren, where you where you had like a aha moment, right? Where you almost sensed the glass ceiling that was above you. You almost sensed that it wasn't there anymore. It's like it shattered. It's like I, a limitation was taken off. You're all nodding your heads. Like, yeah, we all experience these aha moments. And I, I really would like us to press into what, what, does it, what does it look like for us to be aware of some glass ceilings that we might have. And so I'm going to refer back. I was There was a time when I was in like college, like 19, 20 years old, and um, where I had one of these like aha moments where the glass ceiling was shattered over me, like this unspoken limitation that I placed on myself. And so growing up, I naturally I kind of lived in a reality that my attitude was directly influenced by my environment. And I think a lot of people just grow up this way. It's, it's you, you know, however you're doing is how life has been to you. And so like, how, like, how are you doing? Well, oh, I'm doing well. I have a girlfriend right now or I play college basketball for me. I was getting good grades. Like life is going well, but how, like we all know how, easily and quickly that can shift and change because life doesn't always go as planned. And so I I remember I was a lukewarm Christian. And when I really felt God 
reaching and tugging on my heart. I was in a church service and and all of a sudden like something happened where God reached out, touched my heart, and it was this realization that God that I could thrive no matter what happened to me. It was like this crazy thing that we've always, you know, it's like positive message or being optimistic, but it wasn't being optimistic. It was this almost like eye-opening moment that I realized that my faith in my relationship with Christ wasn't based on how life went. It was based on how, what Christ was doing in me, no matter what was happening. And so it was really in a weird place in my life too, because I really wasn't actually that faithful to God. Like I was, I was not, you know, reading the word. I was, I was making questionable decisions with friends. I was, you know, really girl crazy. This was before I was dating Abby and God like reached out and met me in, which is where I experienced probably for the first time, like on my own, where I truly felt like it was a aha moment. It was like the second Timothy three thirteen feeling where like it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. It's this idea that no matter, like it's not based, like God's love for us isn't based on our performance. It's based on his faithfulness to us, his faithfulness to his promise that he loves us. And here's where I started really to include God's faithfulness into my everyday life or into my worldview, if I can say it that way. That placing my trust in God's character removes the limits or removed the limits that I had on myself. And so before, you know, God was this person that I went to when I needed help. He was the almighty creator who forgave my sin. But it was in this moment where I realized God was in me in the everyday. And I want to talk to us really today about taking the limits off God and really talking about God's faithfulness kind of my first point here is situations can't limit God, only you can. Now we're in a pretty interesting season right now with a pandemic. We're going back into lockdowns. Um, We have a lot of political uh, conflict. And we were talking earlier before we started recording that, you know, we ask someone how they're doing and it's a pretty common response to for people not to be doing well, right? That people are not doing well because of family, maybe because of finances, maybe because of just emotional state of being. And and I'm wondering if that we're using what's going on in our life, in the environment, in our country, in our world as a sort of glass ceiling. If that, does that make sense? Where we're using the situation as an excuse to not be doing as well as we could be. And it's not based on God. It's actually because of our perspective. And so I want to I go back to Philippians 1, and I want to read a little bit more in context into what he's saying here and how it can, I think, could really encourage us. So in Philippians 1, it says, or Philippians 1, verse, starting in verse 3, it says, I thank God in all of my, rem- uh, thank my God in all of my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And what I want to focus on here is verse 6. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It does not say in there when things are going your way, when things are going well. 
got to realize in Philippians, the church was facing like tons of persecution, tons of tension within the governmental system and other Christians. And there was disunity because there were Jewish Christians and Roman Christians. And there was a lot of conflict. And Paul's saying, I'm confident that God will bring about, like he will finish the work that he started in you. And I just want to, God is so faithful. Like he is so faithful that no matter what we go through, he is like working to complete the work that he's done in our lives. Like take away the pandemic, take away all the stuff. And those things are real. They have real effects on our humanity. But at the same time, there's a glass ceiling that we can often get sucked into through a worldly perspective that, that we use that. It's so it's just, it's comforting to use that as, a, as an excuse to not do as well as we could. And it's justifiable. Nobody's going to call us out for doing that when, when, but Christ, he has a different perspective and he actually wants to remove that limitation, remove that excuse if you could, if you would, and to have us, have our focus be placed on God's faithfulness and that no matter what we're going through, he remains the same. You know, there's been so much change in culture right now. Like, like I feel like every two weeks, there's just like a massive change, whether it's with your work schedule, whether it's with your family, whether you have to quarantine for five weeks, whether you got to, you know, whether it's, whether you got to wear a mask or not wear a mask or there's just so much change. And, and I think right now it's an appropriate time to highlight God's faithfulness, that he is the one who never changes that he's never changed his mind about humanity, about his standards, that he is the God who changed. He's ne- he, he is so constant. And he's faithful to, to love us, to shepherd us, to lead us. And he's going to complete, listen, like we all know that God's done a work in our lives. And sometimes we forget that he's the one that's working in our lives. And we're not the ones who are completely responsible for our lives you know, we, I, I love to give a message of like, hey, you can make a difference, but I, there comes a time where we have beneath or beneath the surface of our belief that we can do it. There, there has to be a worldview, a belief system that God is actually above the scenes. He's, he's beneath the surface of what you're going through and that he's faithful to get you through even when we're weak. And here, I guess here's where I'll pause and just say like, even though a lot of us, have experienced difficult times and it's okay. Like there's a saying, it's not, it's okay to not be okay. But at the same time, God is not, he doesn't desire us to stay in that place. He's actually, he's with us to move us forward. And I, I really just want to go to Deuteronomy 7 next and kind of bring about this idea concerning God's faithfulness in the times that we're in. It says this in Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. It says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is faithful. He is faithful, God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Here's the next part that most people don't like. But but those who hate him, he will repay to their face by destruction. He will not, he will not be slow to repay to their face those who hate him. Therefore, Take care to follow these commandments, decrees, laws I give you today. And now I'm not going to be able to unpack that. If you want to learn more about that, if you go to the Bible Project podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, they have an entire like hour-long teaching on that passage, and I'd really recommend that you listen to it if that was um, that's of any interest to you. Um, but what we're going to focus on here is that 
the first in Deuteronomy 7, it says, God, the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant to a thousand generations. In a world of change, we can often perceive that God isn't in control of the world right now. It's like there's so much shaking going on. It's like, how is God? But we got to remember that we're in 2020 and that this isn't the first time that God's been through something like this and that he has a plan, a redemptive plan for humanity. And I think there's a settling trust and peace that we get when we take a step back and we look at God and we realize he's the faithful God to thousands of generations. It, it, you know, my life is important, but at the same time, my life is a, is a, is one person's life in the scheme of 8 billion lives that are on the earth right now. And in tens and tens of billions of people that have lived throughout humanity and, and God is trustworthy and he's been faithful to give us Christ to bring about redemption. He's been faithful to meet us personally and enlighten us and show us his love so that we can be forgiven that he is the faithful God. Then lastly, in 2 Thessalonians 3, um, I'm just going to focus on verse 3 right here. It says, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. And I think some of us need to start including God's faithfulness in the equation of our lives. And not that we're not doing that, but it's easy to, to lose sight of God's faithfulness. It's easy to put our focus on worldly and carnal things. And when we do, I, I really think our attitude will change. I, I think the glass ceiling of feeling mopey and disappointed and lethargic in this season, I don't think we have to live that way. I think there's an inner peace and strength and fortitude that God uh, wants to develop inside of us that's available not through our self-willing it, but in putting our perspective on God's faithfulness in our lives. And I, I think I'm just going to end with this this idea. I think one of the thing that one of the things that often limits and hurts our view of God is a is a hyper or a self-reliant perspective and belief. It's kind of like this. I guess I'll put it this way. We put it, some things we put in God's hands and some people, well, some, and some things we try to keep in our own hands. And I think there's a, te- there's a healthy tension there that we, that we trust God with things, but we also have personal responsibility. I think in America, in our post-enlightened technological world, it's really easy to put things in our own hands. And there are Christians, so many Christians, that trust God with their future, but do not trust God with their today. They trust God for like their eternal destination of heaven, but not necessarily with their relationships or with their family or with their jobs or with the things that are practically affecting their lives. You know, I can think of the pandemic right now and how much disappointment has, has come, right? People who've lost jobs and people who have lost, uh, you know, they've online learning and schoolwork and, and 
some people who really want to get married and they're like, this is the worst dating like <laughs> environment ever because we can't even go out on dates. Right. And I can't talk to people without a mask on. Um, and just so many disappointments that are at hand. And I, I want to say that God is faithful in the things that we tend to keep in our own hands. And I want to urge us, all of us, to take a next step towards placing those things that maybe we're trying to control into the hands of a faithful God, into the hands of Christ who understands our humanity. And when we do that, there's a peace, there's a comfort, there's a strength. There's actually a relational exchange between God where we, you can't learn to trust God without trusting him. I'll say that again. Like you can't, we can't learn to trust God without actually trusting him. So we trust him with our salvation, but we don't, you know, we are tentative to trust him with finances or with that relationship. And, you know, some people have been, have gone through breakups in the pandemic and it's just been so heartbreaking. And I, and I want to, I want to urge us to the second Thessalonians, but the Lord is faithful and then in Philippians 1, it says, He who began a good work, he is faithful. He will bring about bring it about to completion. And that God has good things planned. He has good future. He has a strong and powerful plan for your life. And let's not use the excuses of a pandemic. Let's not use the excuses of whatever is happening in our culture right now to limit us for how we can live and how we can build and how we can grow in the season of, of the difficult times that we're in. God is faithful in the pandemic. He's faithful in a more normal world in that he's trustworthy. And as we kind of close this out, I just want to just really uh, go back to Philippians 1 and just end with the scripture that we started with. Philippians 1.6, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So that's all I have for my message portion. Now we're going to go into a, about a you know, 20, 25-minute conversation with Abby, Lauren, and Alec. Let's get to it. Yeah, so the first question that I'd like to ask you guys and hopefully spark a, a good conversation is uh, what helps you live with God's faithfulness in mind? And just a reminder, we have Alec, Abby, and Lauren with us today. So what helps you live with God's faithfulness in mind? At least for me, it's um, just testimonies, you know, um, reading the, you, first of all, to understand like his faithfulness, you have to be in the word. Um, you can't really do one without the other. So you have to be what in the you, word. What do you mean to, by that? Like read the word to understand the stories of how he's been faithful. Because you can't, I mean, you can get to know God, but you have to get to know God in the word as well. Because if all you're doing is like, you can't see the quotation marks here, but spending time with him, you don't know if you're really being deceived because you don't have anything to ground those words to which, you know, the we've been going through a section in Leadership Christ about hearing the voice of God, and a lot of it's about, like, spontaneous thoughts. So you have to make sure that those thoughts are lining up with the Word. So if you're not in the Word, there's really no way to, like, line those things up, even though some of those things are, are, are probably good. But um, just my main point is is the testimonies that you see recorded in the Word, and then also your personal testimonies. I mean, some people may not feel like they have testimonies, but... Um, I definitely do. And then hearing other people share their testimonies helped me live with God's faithfulness in mind and, and really keep me going to to be looking for how he's being faithful instead of looking at my circumstances to determine, mm. to determine how I'm viewing how I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's one thing to be hopeful. You know, everybody's like, oh, I hope for the best. But if you know God's word and what he's done and in your life and in the word, then you know that you can trust that there will be good outcomes. I have a thought. Yeah, go for want. it. Um, I think for me, it depends on what you define as faithfulness, um, it's, which kind of really fits the glass ceiling mindset that we have in at least America, Bible Belt, that's where I was raised, um, is when we live with this idea that God's faithfulness is, I go to church, I sing songs, I give money, and I'll be healthy, and I'll have a house, and I'll get married, and then I'll go to heaven when I die. Um, it's this glass ceiling that we, that's very, very fragile, that we live in this limited view of um, when there's suffering, when there's pain, when there's a pandemic, or when it's easier when other people's happiness is threatened. We're like, oh, okay, like that's injustice. That's a little scary, but I'm not personally. And then when it happens to us, that glass ceiling kind of gets broken in a really, really um, kind of traumatic way of like, well, I, this is what I thought his faithfulness was. And so when you start to live with a view of his faithfulness is beyond pandemic, is beyond injustice, is beyond the worst thing that could happen. You start to live differently and have a hope and a life that's different. And um, so you get to live with that daily, that in his faithfulness in mind is even if you get in a car crash right now, you react differently in that car crash when it's not, no, this was my, my new car. It's like, this is how do I love the person, the other person that this just happened to? Because I have a view of God's faithfulness that's beyond my temporary, um, the outcomes of my day or what's happening to me. So let, let's sit in that a little bit. I think you're, you're bringing something up that's beyond just not the word faithfulness, but it's really expectation almost of our expectation or definition of, of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And so can you unpack that a little bit, what you had mentioned about, you could say the American Christianity or like this, God's going to make my life better if I follow him. What Can you unpack that a little bit more or Alec or Lauren, unpack that? Yeah, I would say the, the definition of glass ceiling, unspoken limitation placed um, was that nobody said God's faithfulness is but we've kind of accept this idea of if I'm not sick, if I'm not in danger, that like this is God's faithfulness. Um, because I, most people, most healthy churches aren't saying, you'll get the car, you'll get the house. Like yeah. that's not a said promise. But this this unspoken thing of like somebody else's child dies and it's like, oh, where was God? And we think about it for maybe a week and it's really unsettling, but then we continue on. Um and so it really fits with that unspoken limitation is how do we define faithfulness? And that is, um, yeah, that unspoken, we, when we just leave it unsaid, it can really limit our faith and um, it can really make us vulnerable to pandemics or governments or mandates. And how our day goes really changes how we live and it's not good when things aren't going good so how would you how would to go for it you said you're gonna say something i just i have a thought and i feel like it's gonna be pretty long but it's like when you people 
we were talking about this last night, me and some buddies, but when you talk about like running to God, so many people just run to God when, when things are bad, like when their circumstances have really taken a turn for the worst. Um, but when you have that relationship, when you start to understand his faithfulness more on a personal level, you really, you, you start to develop that expectancy, which I think is what Abby was kind of getting to is you're, you're not just understanding that he's faithful. You're expecting that he's faithful in your walk with him, you know, in, in every part of your life. And I was kind of mulling this over in preparation for this, but it's like, you can't, it really hit when you said you can't trust God or what, how do you say it? We can't learn to trust God without actually trusting him. So when you get into the word, you kind of have to, you have to move from, first of all, you have to read your word, like I was saying before, but once you read the word and start to see these stories and understand his faithfulness, you have to take that outside of the Bible. God is, God is the living word. You know, Jesus is the living, breathing word. He's not just a dusty book that sits on your table in your bedroom or your nightstand or wherever. He's, he's the living God and he's for today. And so you can understand his faithfulness by reading the Bible, but you have to take that, that faithfulness and experience it in real life. So if you're not moving beyond like your word and your study time, you're really not growing in my opinion, because you have to see his faithfulness work in your life. Otherwise, to me, it's kind of a an, a, an identifier of a shaky relationship with Christ when you're letting your circumstances dictate your perspective. Hmm. So you, you can't let your, your circumstances dictate your perspective. For me, I see that as I'm really not trusting God. Okay, what do I need to change here? Because obviously, outward things are controlling me. I'm not controlling the way that I feel about things or the way that I view things or the way God is telling me that I need to view these things. So for me, it's like once you once you start in the word and you start to understand faithfulness and you start to expect it, you start living out of that, you start operating out of that uh, mentality that you are making the decisions, you are deciding how you feel, you are taking control of your emotions, you're living out of the fruit of the Holy Spirit and not letting outward things dictate the way you live your life. That is good. That I agree. was good and long, like <laughs> I said. It was great. No, like I said, it was kind of unpacking it as I was thinking about because all these things were kind of coming together. But For sure, for sure. I think what you're getting at, too, is like we all knew the old way of living. I mean, we all had a before Christ. Um, speaking for myself and for my husband, John, at least, it was like the first response to change chaos was like absolute panic like full-fledged anxiety attack, you know, before Jesus. It was just like, because we had those issues in our own hands, thinking like we have to be the ones to deal with it. And so it was just like anxiety attack, like an issue came up or a plan changed and like we just worried. It was just complete worry. And like we all come upon that here and there in our walk with Christ. Like, you know, we just like experience that worry. And if you're not in your word, then you don't know what... um what God can do for you. Um, again, okay, take that part out. Don't want to say what God can do for you. Um, if you're not in your word, you don't know what it says. Like in Deuteronomy 31, 8, it says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not be fear. Do not fear or be dismayed. And it was like we weren't living from that standpoint because we weren't reading the word. We weren't living where we prayed instead of worried. Um so I think that's where we all live now. I mean, it's it's about uh, the new way, I guess, is releasing it to the Lord in prayer, knowing that nothing's impossible, 
and I think what Jake was saying was important that like we're still responsible like we still have a natural part to do like we still pray we have to you know give it to God we can't just be like oh he's in control he's gonna like do what he's gonna do whatever happens happens it's like no we do the natural we still take it to him and and tell him that we're trust like give it to him and actually trust him like you said earlier you can't trust him without trusting him <laughs> like you actually have to do it you have to actually have to like hear God like I'm giving you the situation I know that I'm small and weak and like you're my strength so like you're gonna be the one that can do this that can uh, uh, you can say you trust God all you want but until you actually surrender yeah. stuff to him you, you're really just it's words you know it's walking it's talking the talk and not walking the walk hmm. yeah I want to kind of come back so hearing all of you know the three things that you guys have said so far I want us to bring us back to this idea of Philippians 1. So, Abby, you're talking about how we don't have, sometimes we don't include suffering in our worldview of God's faithfulness. And so it kind of brings me back to Philippians 1, but also this other question, what are some common misconceptions about God's faithfulness? And I think I want to ask it to all of you. You maybe touched on one, but I want to see if we can uh, flesh out any more common misconceptions that specifically we as young people might have about God's faithfulness. I think what you touched on, Abby, about uh, when people are experiencing really tough situations or when we're experiencing suffering, I guess people can misunderstand that God is faithful when they don't see the answers that they think are the answer or they, what they think the answer to their prayer is they're not seeing it. And it's just like, oh, so is he really faithful? Just those doubts kind of creep in. Yes, yeah, so you're saying like you have an expectation of how God should answer your prayer. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we view when He doesn't do it the way we want it to be done, we can sometimes claim that God is not being. Maybe we've never claimed that. Right. But, but we, we think it. We think it. Yeah. <laughs> we feel it that God is not faithful because He's not doing what we want Him to do. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Absolutely. When really. Romans 5, verse 3 through 5, we're supposed to rejoice in our sufferings and know that it produce, produces endurance and character and hope. And that, I mean, he, he's going to give us an answer. It, it's not going to look the way that we think it's mm -hmm. going to look oftentimes. I don't know what else you guys have to add to that to make it make more sense. I think it comes <laughs> back to, we've been talking about like getting in the word and really meditating on scripture and um, having that define what faithfulness is to us because if you don't, like if we just accept our cultural understanding and our misconceptions about God's faithfulness, that might be one of the reasons scripture is so uncomfortable to so many people is because we have this understanding that's really comfortable and nice and this is his faithfulness. And then you read and bad things are happening a lot. Everywhere. Yep. And like page after page and you're like, oh, I'm just going to close that. That was like, I don't it doesn't fit into our glass ceiling. It doesn't fit into our conception of faithfulness. And so um, really surrendering that you were talking about, like laying it down and opening up our hands and saying like, Lord, I didn't even know. I want to lay down what my view of your faithfulness was, what my view of the right answer to my prayer is. Um, and again, meditating on the scriptures and allowing the book to define who God is and what his faithfulness looks like. Um, really opens that up and reveals a lot of our misconceptions. Yeah, it's definitely not easy to 
full-fledged just like trust fall oops I'm moving <laughs> okay <laughs> it's not easy to like fully just trust fall and be like God's gonna like it's not it's not easy it's hard to explain to people sometimes when they are experiencing those difficult situations because it's like I know it's it's so unnatural it's the pathless taken it's uh it's hard to just release those feelings instead of just go with what the world's saying and like, oh, we're doing as good as we can be, you know, with the times. Um, or it's okay not to be okay, like you were saying before. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just for when we're like relating to people who don't really have like the level of faithfulness, I suppose that like some of us might have or believers greater than us. But when I think about the verse, um, I don't know where it is, Jake, maybe you can help me out. Um, it's the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I think, um, like when we when we share the things that that the Lord has done for us, specifically to unbelievers, I think that can really activate the want and desire to understand not just God's faithfulness, but God in general, you know, and and really gear people toward um, pursuing a relationship with Him because it's really hard to tell an unbeliever who has no interest in God, like, hey, go read this book. You know, most people don't like reading. I mean, reading is not. I've started to grow on on reading. I like it more now than I used to, but for a lot of people, they're just like, I don't want to read that book. So I think it, it helps a lot when believers who understand the faithfulness of God and who have seen Jesus work in their lives and they have personal examples um, that they can give, testimonies of God's faithfulness, I think that's a huge way to reach and to relate to unbelievers. That was just a side note. Yeah, I think one of the biggest, you know, as we talk about misconceptions, I think there's an unspoken expectation in our, specifically just in our culture, maybe it's not in other cultures, but that when you become a Christian, God will take care of you, and God taking care of you means bad things won't happen, which I actually think we need to get, as Christians, we need to have a worldview that includes suffering. Abby, you mentioned earlier. We need to have a worldview that includes bad things happening. And we, our worldview and our perspective on those things need to be God is faithful in the midst of difficult times, right? You mentioned Romans 5. We glory, we rejoice in our sufferings. Matthew talks about how rejoice when people per- persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Romans eight twenty eight. Romans eight twenty eight. God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It's, it's, it's sprinkled all throughout the New Testament. And oftentimes we view God's faithfulness as him keeping us from those hard times when in reality as a good father he knows that it's those hard times that are actually the thing that proves his faithfulness because he says even in the midst of those things I'm going to give you a grace and a peace to like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego like to go through the fire and not be burned that the, actually the testimony of God's faithfulness is that when you go through the stuff you go through it like no one else has gone through it before you that when you go through death, when you go, you know, losing a loved one, when you go through, not that you don't pray for people and all the things, but I'm just saying when you go through life, you look different and you have a different hope and you have a different God in a worldview that includes those things and brings peace. And that's where I'm getting at taking the limits off of God is that sometimes the limits that we place on God is the worldview that does not include bad things happening to us, like mm-hmm. a pandemic or like a political family war that you might be having in your family right now that, you know, we have in our family and just all the odd stuff when it's like, you know what, even in the midst of that, it's like 
God, what are you doing in me? I think that's the question. It's like, God, what are you doing in me in that, in this? Mm-hmm. Instead of like, you know, being tragically disappointed with all the bad things that are happening, like asking the question, God, how are you growing me? I think that's what I'm getting at is the limits in, and uh, really taking that glass ceiling, those unspoken rules that when bad things are happening, you know, we can't be doing well. It's like, get that glass ceiling off you. Get that limitation off of you and and include in your worldview or your belief or in your perspective a view that God is actually shaping and forming us in the midst of difficult times. We've got to ask the better questions. Not, God, why is this happening? It's, God, what are you doing to grow me? That's a good, mm-hmm. that's good. Um. So on that thought, something... Um, things have happened, whatever that brings up in your mind in the news of something that, re- that really, really hard happened. I know for me, um, watching somebody go through a child passing away and having the faith for healing, um, we can easily, uh, it's so hard because God being faithful is raising people from the dead. Like you can find that in the Bible, you can stand on it. But um, what ended up happening was this person's child did not, um, was not raised from the dead. And uh, it really broke a lot of people's barriers a lot of people's boxes of okay then he's not he must not be faithful um and then other people saying like well he is he just chose like you have to be okay with that he took the child or whatever and we have these boxes that it fits into but I think like a year later I went back to the mom of this child's Instagram and looked at her posts leading up to and she just like love for her child and then her posts after and I just bawled because it was like what not saying there's this uncomfortable middle where it's not our box like God caused this and it's not our box he's only faithful if there's this faithfulness in and her perspective and her view on and her testimony of I don't know why but I'm living for something else and there is a hope and there is a joy in this thing that would break anybody's box of God's faithfulness he is faithful even though the thing that happened that we all said was going to be his faithfulness didn't, he is faithful. And her life lived in that struggle and in that questioning, wrestling with God's faithfulness is a testimony of his faithfulness. And it was just, I cried. It was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So just to clarify, so kind of the main point is that sometimes we, try to make everything black and white so we say god is faithful god isn't faithful depending on the circumstances and depending on the outcomes yeah and what kind of you're getting at is that god is faithful Mm -hmm. that it's not it's not up for debate it's not out you know it's not we're not waiting for him to prove his faithfulness like he is faithfulness he is faithful and I know. Yeah. I totally see that. We try to put them in a box, you know, and we try to define it and maybe we're not defining it right now, but it'd be an interesting, you know, study to kind of go and say, what is, what does it actually mean for God to be faithful, you know, to, for him to be true and constant and to follow through on his word and his promises. That's what faithfulness is. You say what you're going to, you do what you're going to say you're going to do. And you know, and how it's, it's very nuanced and it's very, it's very gray in a sense. And I love that though. Cause it, keeps it a mystery so that we're not we don't have all the answers true that any final thoughts Mm -hmm. before we close god is faithful god is faithful (laughs) if i can say anything don't try to control your life god's he's got you he who began a good work 
will bring it to completion. Amen. He's faithful. Hey guys, thanks for joining the podcast today, Alec, Abby, and Lauren. If you made it all the way to the end, congratulations. You don't get anything, but (laughs) we're happy you stayed here to the end.